Welcome to the Learning Hook Podcast. Join our team as they explore topics across learning and development, e-learning, media production, and all those creative learning spaces in between. For us, it's the just in time, just enough, and just for you. So let's learn, connect, perform, and do something great. So welcome to the Learning Hook podcast. This is our first episode for 2018. It's Brendan Carter here, Creative Director and Founder of the Learning Hook. Now, it's probably officially far too late to be saying this and totally dates this podcast, but I wanted to say before we get going, welcome to 2018. (laughs) Um, It's 01 Feb. It's rather sunny Thursday this morning in Melbourne, and I wish all our listeners past, present and future an awesome year ahead in the past, present and future tense. I guess it depends (laughs) when you're listening to this and how you look at it. Today, you might hear in the background a few chuckles, a bad welcome message. It's a bit of a weird message, but I'm really lucky to have Rihanna Power, Project Manager and Learning Designer at The Learning Hook, joining us. Welcome. Thank you. And also very lucky to have Aaron Pradhan. The way you described yourself, Aaron, on your LinkedIn profile, so I've been doing my research. (laughs) I kind of knew this anyway, but learning agility and design thinking geek, creator of learntolearnapp.com and helping humans learn, innovate and achieve more. I love that description and I I think it probably best describes you, but also (laughs) a day job is learning and performance strategist at Deacon Co. That's right, that's what pays the bills. (laughs) Absolutely. A world-class leader, innovating company in micro-credentialing, bespoke learning and qualifications, supporting industry, vet sectors, and higher ed. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. A very long-winded intro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, today's topic for discussion is Rihanna and I are going to explore with Aaron uh, what drives his innovation in learning and performance design and strategy. I guess it's a very general piece to talk about, and we're really interested in Aaron, but also, I guess, particularly discussing the Learn to Learn app. We've been experimenting and, and looking at, at that in, in prep for this and also out of interest. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's a really interesting piece of work and, you. and where you're heading with that. Great. So to start, though, um, I'm always interested to hear from you, mate. Um, it, it's what sort of led to your learning career to here. Is there a micro moment bio <laughs> that you could share? Well, I took the scenic route, which I won't bore you with the details, but basically I wanted to be a cartoonist, yeah. Indian family, and they obviously that didn't go down very well. I know that. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> Because I wasn't a doctor or a lawyer and yeah. cartooning didn't fit in. So I actually compromised because I went to architecture. So actually oh. I'm a trained architect. Wow. <laughs> Never practiced. I thought it was creative and fun and drawing and it was also a profession. So uh, I thought that might live up to my parents' standards. Didn't anyway. And then uh, from there, <laughs> decided I didn't want to be an architect. And at the time, really got fascinated by technology, yeah. still in a design area. So I actually um, looked for multimedia, multimedia design courses. Mm. There are only three in the country at that time, because how old I am. Yeah. And so I actually went to Perth to study one and um, did multimedia design. And then did a stint in digital agencies and got quite disillusioned because that was about the dot-com dot boom. So went into, became an academic yeah. and started teaching. And you know, as the dot-com boom was coming up, I went into academia, then it burst, and then suddenly I had all these people knocking on the door saying, can we get it? Because, you know, you took a pay cut to go into academia back then. But then I found that was more soul-satisfying, just being in that sort of educational space. But I also found it quite frustrating in academia because of, you know, I want, don't get me started. (laughs) And so so then just ended up rolling out into um, other fields where I was actually, I wanted to use my skills in a learning context. So I was actually the UX designer. They didn't call it that then, but I was actually the UX designer for one of the first LMSs in Australia, um, which doesn't actually exist anymore. It's called Creator. 
I think I recall. Yeah, 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 yeah. way back then. It was yeah. around Melbourne Uni. And um, so then I started in that UX space, but slowly developed more in terms of my broader experience design and, and mm. then ID skills and then end up here. Yeah, that's... Um, so the scenic route. That makes heaps of sense, though, too, actually. I guess I admire you, a lot of your blogs and writing from afar um, <laughs> and also close up when we, we, we catch up at sort of, I, I guess, events and things. And, um, yeah, it actually, what you're saying there, to me, makes a lot of sense. You've got a, a really creative, great sort of design eye as well as so much rigour around what, you know, from a, I guess, from an evidence-based research sort of point of view. So you've got that whole architect, academic, <laughs> creative, digital agency thing coming together. Yeah. Yeah, well, the architecture especially has really helped me, Mm. even when I was doing digital agency work, rather than just designing pages, it was like trying to, what sort of experience can I give Mm. here? And that was, back then they weren't talking about that so much, that UX wasn't a thing, or was a thing, but it wasn't labelled as a thing. Mm. So that architectural background really actually helped me a lot, even though it was painful at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's always really interesting, those sort of, those journeys that led us here. And um, speaking of journeys, we're about to embark again. I'm going to date the podcast, 2018. Yep. We're going to read a whole lot of blogs. They're probably already coming out now in articles and Burson's reports on the trends <laughs> for 2018. I'd be really interested for us three to share if there's any sort of hot topics on our minds or what trends we expect to be reading about or that we, we could identify now. Well, um, Arun, I, I noticed there was one thing on your LinkedIn profile which spoke about learning agility. Yeah. And you're doing some work on it as well, right? Yes, yeah. Is that one of the 2018 trends that you foresee? Or can you tell us more about it? Because I think we use the word agile and agility in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'd love to know what learning agility really is about. Yeah, me too. (laughs) So that's my project I've set myself this year. Okay. So, I mean, Learn to Learn really was about learning agility for individuals, but what I'm really interested in is learning agility for organizations, because I think, and what we as L&D professionals can do to enable that, because I think if there's a theme for me for the last period, it's that we're moving from um, from training and just this event-based training mentality Mm -hmm. to how can we actually enable and how can we actually provide experiences which help enable people and organizations. So learning agility is all about, it's back to Peter Senge's work on um, learning organizations and and basically now it's it's even more to the fore because of the accelerated change in our world. Organizations Mm -hmm. have got to quickly learn, unlearn, and relearn things and they've got to pick up new concepts they've got to the biggest challenge i think is actually unlearning and ditching old concepts to realign themselves to potential disruptions yes. and jump on board that or even lead that as faster as than anyone else so if you're not doing that now you really are going to disappear i think what's like mm-hmm. half of the fortune 500 companies disappeared in the last eight years or something yeah there's so many graphs yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all like, so many futurists and people predicting anyway the graph i'm getting at is 30 percent of fortune 500 companies in the next five years won't be here in, yeah, in yeah. five years time yeah. which is pretty daunting it yeah is. for us all i'm feeling that sort of whole vuca uh, economy and the volatility of everything that we're facing right now is the trend yeah totally <laughs> and how we prepare for it it's just becoming that one of the number one agenda items i think for leadership and and you know ceos yeah. Really have to be looking at this stuff. Yeah, that adaptability. I think I, I read the phrase somewhere, so I, I can't claim it, but I, I loved it, was that learning is the uh, new unfair advantage. Yeah. And that's from a performance point of view. Right. 
you know, that's a lovely focus saying, because it's linking learning to unfair advantage, which mm. I guess speaks to business as competitive yeah, value production. And, yeah, yeah. We've got to be able to learn. And then there's all this sort of research. What I, I guess I've been interested in, my uh, my eldest boys just started high school this year yeah. and, and so much talk around, you know, just at, in our school systems about what we're teaching our children and that learning to learn, in fact, it was an article I read recently, you'd probably be all across it, Aaron, I'm sure you are, that, but that learning to learn, you know, it's a crucial thing. Is, it is, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's teaching them to be able to do that is actually the most critical, not so much information yeah. or potentially knowledge. I don't know if that's right or wrong, yeah. but it's, it's interesting to talk about it. And I guess one mm. of the things um, Arun taking on from what Brendan just said, my, my son has joined high school as well yep. yesterday. He did about four years of study back in India. The education system is fairly different. Yep. You come home and you have to study a yes. lot every single day. Yep. So then he moves here and realizes, you know, grade five and six easy. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. there was no studying and all of that. Yeah. So yesterday when he comes home, he looks at all of his books now in year seven and he goes, oh my God, how am I going to study all of this? Like this mm. is different now. And then I was looking at the app. So I guess my question for you was, is this something that students can start using? There are very interesting things there, like a growth mindset. Yeah. Is it advisable for them to start using this app early on and develop a growth mindset now when they're 12 and 13, rather than when they're adults? and probably more close to learning new things and things like that. Can mm. students use it, I guess? Yeah, well, definitely. I think most of the damage, unfortunately, culturally and learning happens at school. Oh, yeah, because really when you think about it, when you raise toddlers, you really go with play and you go with experimentation and they're on such a learning curve. You think about the trial and error they go through. I mean, like kids learning to walk alone, let alone speak, is a massive learning curve and it's all through experimentation. It's through collaboration, like modelling off people around them. And that's just what they do. And then suddenly we impose this mentality on them that, oh, actually, your learning's going to start at school and you have to attend these being talked at yeah. and then you have to do homework. And no, you have to do more learning. You can't go and play this video game or go and play with your friends or have a conversation with me because you actually have to learn by bloody doing... Sorry, I get pretty frustrated. So I think Absolutely. the damage is done there because then that's what plays into our event-based mentality and training being the answer to everything. Right. So I think the more that we can introduce those ideas at high school, the better. In fact... One of my plans, I haven't pinned this down yet, is I'm doing an enterprise version of Learn to Learn and when I sell mm. three of them to organisations, I'm going to try to give one free away to a high school to try to just contribute to that process. But yeah, I think it's, it's crucial. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to share quickly a story I, when I was studying teaching and, and looking at early childhood learning was really... Uh, and Your background's teaching, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah, did right. a Bachelor of Education. Yeah, right. So I was, a, I was a generalist primary and a high school teacher of English and psych ah. till year 11. It was like yeah, a dual right. bachelor I did at RMIT. Yeah. Um, I did a master in adult education when I, I saw the light yeah, 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 <laughs> after yeah, teaching yeah. for a, a short stint yeah. and I wanted to um, get involved with adult education. So. Yeah, right. But... Um, it just reminds me when you've got kids, when your child's sitting in a high chair and throwing stuff off yeah. and you're telling them not to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an interesting article. It was saying that that child was learning spatial awareness. Totally. And so they're, they're actually testing yeah. and problem solving. So they're throwing it off and hearing it land yeah. and getting a concept of spatial awareness, which was, I found that really <laughs> they're just interesting. just engaging just through yeah. play and they're experimenting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it can be bloody frustrating too, don't get me wrong. Especially when you hit the third, yeah. you tend to get less. Absolutely. There's a point where you go, look, that's enough learning for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I guess I look quickly on trends. I, I thought from a content point of view, and this was, I guess, leads to a lot of your app. I, I just think it's such a hot area. Learning to learn is, this is what we've already talked about a fair bit, but I think that's one of the biggest yeah. trends for 2018 is that organisations will start adopting that. I and certainly hope so. Yeah, I hope so too for you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I love the app and the initiative there, man. It, it's brilliant. And so the more tools they have available, the better. It's getting recognised. Whether that takes off this year, I don't know, but I think it's going to grow. Mm. this year it's that trend you know it's also um probably building caring cultures i think psychological safety yeah. is massive yeah. right now and yeah you know, it, it's, I find that a very exciting topic area yeah. myself, just out of the, the content and what it can do for organisations at a professional level. Mm. But uh, so another saying that I like is caring is the new unfair advantage. So I really think that's true. Anyway, so psych safety 2018. Yeah, this will be, true, yeah. you know, mental health. Especially psychological the work that Google safety. have done and Amy Edmondson. Yeah, the Aristotle yeah. project. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. After, you know, three to five years of detailed research, the number yeah. one thing of high performing teams is that they're kind of nice to one another. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but not pricks. They Who yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the plain English, you know, really. And we can call it psychological safety and, and use a lot of other words. But I think, yeah, it's just caring yeah. at the end of the day. So the Learn to Learn app, it was born out of crowdfunding. Yeah. This is too, the, the Learn to Learn app for people that are unaware of it is, is a, your own project, Aaron. So that's your own, your own yeah, business. Yeah, it's an individual thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you did crowdfunding. Yes. So it came from a very interesting process where I actually looked at my three credit cards and the debt on them and thought, <laughs> shit, I can't do this. Sorry, I'm swearing on it today. <laughs> Normally when I write, I can censor those bits. Oh, out. that's all right. So... Yeah, so I looked at that and I thought, well, I've got this idea, can't do it. And it was obviously crowdfunding. And the ironic thing was, I thought, well, you know, Indian family, and yeah. most of my family are doctors and lawyers, and they're loaded. And I thought, well, I'm covered. I'll put this out there and I'll get over the line with like yeah. five grand from my family. And that's like anything over five grand, it won't be embarrassing. Even like three grand wouldn't be embarrassing. So I did it. And I, I did a fair bit of research around it and stuff. Yeah. But I, I had this backup plan. I had the safety net of my family. Right. And it was crickets. They didn't, none of them gave anything. <laughs> Seriously, none of them gave anything. Where did you, where did, did, did they not say on, none of not them gave LinkedIn, anything? They're not on LinkedIn, mate. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I was putting messages out. Oh, by the way, I'm doing this one. And I got messages back. Oh, good on you. <laughs> so like, Sounds like it's going well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like cricket. I tell you, I was like, I almost had a hernia waiting for the first one to come. I thought, oh my God, what have I done? Publicly shame myself and... But, it, you know, and it was cool. slow initially and it was yeah, like really yeah. painful. And what I didn't realise... That must have been nerve-wracking. It was like, you know, because I, I, I really master syndrome and all this other self-talk anyway. Yeah, right. And so then I was like, oh, my God, I was publicly humiliating myself. And no. so I'll put it down to a learning experience. And I kept saying, I did it partly because I wanted to test out the idea and see if there was a market for it. And I was like, okay, there's no market. I've saved myself a lot of time and blah, blah, you know. Then it took off. Mm. Yeah, but it was scary. Having the guts to do that, yeah, is... Um, Stupidity, I, I think, is the word you're looking no, for. No, no. <laughs> I've been doing a course this year, um, or, or last year, actually, for, for nine months, um, a, a program with a group called Dent. And it's all about making a dent in the universe, oh, yeah. which yeah. is kind of cool. But, you know, and that taught me a lot around, say, product development, yeah. and publishing, and, and, and all, lots of different areas to do with business, I guess. But everything I saw you doing on LinkedIn was just brilliant mate well, like thank the, you. the testing of the ideas i mean you, you probably read a lot too You've, but no the crowdsourcing of the idea was as valuable as the money because i kept on yes. put any concept i had any model i put it on and then right. 
I wasn't sure what, how that would resonate, but like the, the feedback I got from people. and It's just invaluable. Yeah, it was huge. And so the interesting, the app wasn't just crowdfunded. It was really crowdsourced in terms of me getting constant feedback. Like yeah. all the key concepts I put out there and got like a lot of debate. That's what I saw. And, and that's yeah. what I meant. So outside of the crowd, I saw every step. Of, well, I didn't see all of your steps, but I saw a lot of those steps yeah. openly working out loud, but asking for that kind of rich feedback. And, and ultimately, people want to help. Yeah. They were so generous. Absolutely. I couldn't believe yeah. how generous people people are mm. and um you know it was obviously you've just got to ask i know it was, and just yeah. i think be a bit vulnerable and open to say it's like you're not trying to be smarter than yep. them. i know that they're smarter than me especially collectively yeah so just put yourself out there i think it was yeah. amazing the response yeah. and i saw that one of your major supporters was a lady i'm sorry i don't remember her name but you've never even met her before and she was like number two on your list so. yeah i still haven't met her went, yeah, yeah. wow you know what i mean like you said that's and she came out of nowhere. Generous. She was in the last days of the thing. And I'd been told by people from Shopify that they were going to give a big wad of cash. So I, I thought I'd get over the line, but they hadn't paid yet. And yeah, she gave me a huge donation. Just And she hadn't even communicated with me before. It was just watching the whole process. So yeah. that was fascinating. Even if it's not financially, just the fact that experts can share with you and be yep. comfortable sharing with you says a lot about them as well. Yes, totally. So great stuff, Arvind. I mean, yeah. I looked at the app. It was so detailed and there's so much goodness in there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so it's really great stuff. I've enjoyed looking at it. I've not looked at the entire app because there's so much in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really liked, um, you know, I think when you go to resources, uh, there are these little sections about how do you solve a complex task, for instance. Yeah. And I thought I must look at it because the one thing that I haven't been able to learn since I was in school or understand or make any sense of was trigonometry. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm going to try and follow your steps yeah. and see if I can at least get past through what is the, what are the <coughs> basics of trigonometry. Like, why did I have to go through two or three years of that and come out not knowing anything? Yeah. So I'm going to try and use That's that. That's great. Well, I, you know, I use <laughs> the variation true, yeah. of the Feynman technique, mm. and um, which is basically... I have Myrtle. I make that's my eight-year-old. That it's, I actually this Myrtle doesn't exist. I've got three kids, but none of them are Myrtle. But Myrtle is the eight-year-old. So whenever I'm actually trying to read something yeah. or understand something or someone's explaining something to me, I'm trying to think how can I explain this to Myrtle? And Myrtle is incredibly impatient. She hates jargon. Mm. She's actually pretty cluey for an eight-year-old. And I have to keep on asking because Myrtle's also bloody unforgiving. This is a bit sad that mm. I've made up such a character in Myrtle. But when people are giving me information when I'm reading, I keep on having to ask these questions because I know Myrtle's going to ask me these things later. Yeah. So I have to keep on asking these clarifying questions. And that's one of the, sounds so simple, but the Myrtle factor for me, and that's generated really from the uh, Feynman technique. Yeah, and using nice. personas and, yeah. and also like your, um, I'm going back to your LinkedIn profile, but a, a quote that I liked on, on that profile is from Einstein. And I saw that at the top mm, there. So my that, favorite quote. That's obviously very <laughs> resonates with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's totally. the Myrtle. Yeah, if um, you can't understand it. If you can't explain it simply, simply you, you don't understand yeah, it. Yeah, 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 totally. yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's great. My favourite quote is uh, turning knowledge into action. Or knowledge is pointless without action. Yes. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. that way. And I, I think that's from the app point of view, again, it's very action focused. It is. And There's I, I a like whole that. task list thing that you create. So, yeah, yeah that was a big yeah. part it's of it. It's about being. getting stuff done. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. And experimenting. In your app, you talk a lot about learning from experience, investigation, and people. Hmm. If I could just choose one of them, or if you could choose one of them, let's say you didn't have the time yeah. to go through all of them. Them, yeah. Which one would you say gives you the most learning? Learning from investigation is what smart people do, like people like Warren Buffett and stuff. They mm. talk about reading all, every day and having the four hours of reading and so on. They do their own investigation. Yeah. Learning from people, I think, is very efficient. So when you actually have a mentor or a coach, you can actually get further very fast. But for me, the pick is learning from experience because that's really the one that you can actually be the most creative in and you can actually come across something new. 
Mm. Obviously, to choose one is crazy. Yeah, no, but like, um, if I had to choose one, it would be actually experimentation to actually try to try to do things and mm. then work things out. But you know, if you not haven't done that by trying to learn off other people first, you're really taking them a long yeah. way around. Mm. So yeah, yeah. But experience would be my key one. For me, for last year I, and that course that I've been doing, I've been really opening up my mind to learning from people. So, I, so which course I've always done that, but I, I just I just hadn't really appreciated how fast you can fast track things mm. when you just mm. go to people that know yeah. a lot more than you. Yeah. It's really just embracing, and we've recommended it for years in solutions and, and you know learning campaigns to yeah. coaching and mentor and you know sort of working out loud. And, yeah. But yeah, I, anyway, I've just. It's a simple thing. It'd actually be people. I, I thought experience when when I saw that questionnaire. Yeah, yeah, I thought, yeah. oh, what's for me, you know? And I, I was sort of actually experienced. And then just as we were talking, I thought, no, this the dent was the make a dent in the universe. The course itself isn't any kind of credential. But now you've got a community. Well, they send me a certificate. Yeah, the community is amazing. So we've yeah. got um, key person of influence is the course. Yeah, right. And I, I looked at it from a company point of view. So yeah. I, I wasn't trying to become a key person of influence necessarily myself. Yeah. But I wanted our business to yeah, be more yeah. present in learning landscape and, and do yeah. more for it. So yeah. that's sort of where it was, what oh, it was fantastic. driven from. But yeah, really action-based course and, yeah. and a lot of looking at how you can give back to the community, which is yeah, cool right. too. So the tagline for Learn to Learn is future-proof yes. yourself. Yep. Can we hear more about that? Yeah. You sort of covered it off earlier, yeah. that the fact that, you know, these days it's not like you do a course, you set up your career and then you sit in that job for the rest of your life. That's gone. We all tell our grandchildren about that. But now it's like totally you've got to reinvent yourself and you're going to reinvent yourself in unpredictable ways. Oh. And so unless you've got the means to reinvent yourself without necessarily going back into a three-year degree or whatever, oh. and that might be part of it, but it likely won't be, that it will be on the job while you're earning, while you're paying to keep your family afloat. You're having to reskill and reorientate and to let go of things that have been what have got you to that point so far. Things that have really helped you, you have to let go of them to pick up new things. That's really the main game as things actually keep speeding up with this, you know, the fourth industrial revolution. Yep. The fact that the technology is moving so fast, we just don't know what new jobs are coming. So we have to prepare ourselves for that unknown. And the only way to do that is really to skill ourselves up. Right. We're looking to produce a video about Industry 4.0. Yeah. And interestingly for that, you know, we don't know <laughs> what we're creating yeah. because the people can forecast these industries and where AI, et cetera, is heading, but how that kind of influences industry. Yeah, it was an interesting concept to writing yeah. a video about Industry yeah. 4.0 to sort of show people what it means when we don't. It's yeah, all. No, it's still. It's still fantasy at the moment, but we know it's coming. It's really going to impact so many of our yeah. lives and jobs. And totally. Um, yeah. I wonder though if people really understand future proofing yourself yeah. because I think maybe the younger generation are just getting lazier and more complacent because you have Google at your fingertips. Yeah. And you can just look up stuff when you need. And yeah. no one's really making the effort, you know, because everything's there. I mean, you have Google Home, and you say, "Hey, hey, Google, what's the meaning of this?" But it is so important, like we've discussed yeah. now, and we understand the need for it. And I hope people start opening their eyes and saying, we need to learn. We need to constantly reinvent ourselves and yeah. be able to, you know, learn, unlearn, and relearn. Yeah. And I just hope, I mean, I don't know. How does technology but, but I see really... Google as an enabler for that. Because, oh, I mean, you? yeah, because, like, who wants to know the capital of Botswana? I would rather, like, um, be able to Google that. The more knowledge and just facts we can get out of our heads, and the more performance support we can create, yeah. and the more we can, like these days, the whole conversation around augmented workers. So yeah. yeah, there'll be AI that replaces people, but there'll also be 
systems that actually augment people. And Google is an example of that. So where do we go with that? I think we basically have to move up Bloom's taxonomy yep. to, up to the higher order thinking. And the other aspect of that is your caring mm. reference is the empathy. Mm. So basically we have to focus on learning and memorizing mental models to expand our cognitive toolkits mm. rather than facts. Right. And so let Google deal with the facts. Right. Let's have a bunch of mental models in our head that we can actually apply to problems and make sense of them and actually draw outcomes from them or, or action plans. So yeah. basically the higher order thinking. So Google's cool. Yeah. I love being lazy. Yeah. I am a lazy person. That's why I want to basically learn those cognitive tools and forget about those facts. Great explanation. <laughs> Very human too. That's hardwired in us actually. Written language developed to record things. It wasn't to communicate poetry yeah. or uh, <laughs> recipes. or oh, No, actually recipes maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> love stories, fiction, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was shared orally. But yeah, written language formed just to record stuff. Mm. So it was as we started forming larger groups of people, we started mm. having to record currency and ownership of land and, you know, marriages and births and deaths and things. Yeah. Anyway, I'll just say that was a driver and it's kind of maths is now probably the uh, global language. So mm. everybody has that same language because we all need to talk numbers yeah. <laughs> yeah. from whatever country you're from or religion you follow numbers is a universal thing that people are quite interested in mm. talking. I look at that in a way is that that's that recording of kind of knowledge. Yep. So if we can get it just in time and just enough, mm. I'm all for it too. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that it actually feels very natural that that's where we're going. Yeah. So now we need the tools to enable that um, deeper level of... Yeah, focus on thinking. Yeah, yeah. maybe less yeah. on metacognition. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. What about the greatest challenge? I don't know if there's one greatest challenge, but I, I think for anybody listening to this, you could be listening from a point of view of just interested in the content, interested in the app, but you also may have brilliant ideas to create your own app yeah. or, and particularly internally within a business, you could be looking at creating your own version of a learn to learn or a metacognitive type of piece of work. I, I yeah. don't know, like the challenge for you? Was uh, there, in terms of the yeah. app, I think probably my biggest learning was... I shouldn't have done it. I know I crowdsourced, but I probably should have had a partner because there was just too many learning curves all at once. Too many things like from, oh, do I use Ionic Framework or do I use like the technical aspects of it to make all these decisions yeah. around or do I go native or do I go hybrid or like in terms of the app build and how does the app stores work? And so a lot of things I put on my to-do list for later, I sort of researched it enough and I thought, okay. So for example, one of the things I researched enough yeah. and put later was that can apps be sold into organizations mm. and they can like mm. apple have a volume discount purchase thing mm. and i thought okay tick that box we'll worry about the detail later because i didn't have a partner to throw it to and say oh can you handle this it was just all me right. and i did reach out to my network and say does anyone has anyone experienced this and no one experienced it so that should have put some warning bells on mm. because then no one uses it apparently culturally even though technically it's there culturally organizations don't buy apps unless they've got their own app store which is only for you okay. so that was a big learning curve for me which i only discovered after i published the app so now i'm having to because i've had a lot of business interests i'm having to develop a business version of it mm. which i if i was smarter in the beginning mm. i would have actually built that out as part of what i did so mm. there's mistakes i made because i kept going mm. as far as i thought i needed to and then i was quite strategic thinking okay I know enough to know what I don't know, but I don't need to know it yet. Okay. I couldn't do it just as an individual. It was too much, mm. I think, in, in hindsight. 
yeah, I guess I'll just reflect back on what I was talking about before for me of, of learning from people is that yeah. partnerships yeah. Are, are hugely important they, and they bring so much value when it's right. Yeah. That's some, if there's someone you do partner with has that knowledge or just the tenacity of the time to be looking, you're, you're divvying it up and, and you're looking at these different areas. Uh, yeah, and totally. Yeah. And ironically, through the experience of Learn to Learn, now if I were to do it again, there'd be lots of people who I would go to and say, mm-hmm. oh, would you want to do this with me? Yeah. But at the time, I probably didn't know those people or didn't have the same relationship, so never learn. But like, <laughs> yeah, we're doing some product development at the moment. It's a really interesting topic. We're setting up an advisory board for yeah, it. So that's a great we, idea. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was thinking about that. Like when you were saying, I should have brought more people on board. I think you did that in a way by that kind of crowdsourcing of, of testing still, of knowledge. They're still, but it's they're not. Necessarily... They're still a bit distant. You know, no one really mm. owns it until they own it. Yeah. So uh, I think that was the difference. Yeah. I did crowdsource and I constantly asked my network, mm. but I, until someone's actually in there with you in the trenches and actually thinking about it in the shower kind of mm. state scale, yes. it's not the same. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Brilliant. And um, I'm interested too, from a tech point of view, so rolling out to enterprise, we, we've looked at, we, we've often, I've often talked about using web apps yes, as opposed to That's the direction apps. I'm gone now. Yeah, right, okay. So I've had to... Re- I'm, I'm glad you're reinforcing that yeah, point yeah, of view. Because yeah, totally. then you've got a lot of headaches around responsive design. So yeah. for, for an app, you know, a native app on your phone, there is much less time needed to develop for um, responsive. Yeah. Um, you can control it. But when you're using a web browser, you've always you've got those challenges so yeah, I, I totally. guess you'd, you'd be looking at stuff like that now so for us anyway we found it, it's been there's more time in in that design land from a, yeah. a visual design land and, and user experience point of view of how yeah. that how it works within so many different browsers yeah. and devices but then we've recommended to enterprise when we work with enterprise and more app type of yes. solutions we, we generally would be going think about web apps just simply it'll get through it yeah. easier yeah and be a bit more accessible yeah. for phones. My focus was on individuals. That was where I was focused yeah. on. So I don't regret the app journey. I agree. Because, yeah. that was, because that's a better... And apps are bang on for individuals. Exactly. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. you used to. I was going know. B2C and that was the made sense. Absolutely. But it because I've had interest in B2B and having to shift that, I think um, it has been a bit of a learning curve. To, and I have gone down mm. the web app option. Oh, but the interesting thing was I, one of the options, I did surveys and I got mm. like a focus group in businesses yeah, who were cool. interested. Right. But one of the options I looked at was like, do I go SCORM? Do I like actually do like more traditional modules? And that I got a big kickback from that. And they were saying the thing that, because I have a proof of concept now with the app. Yeah. And they said, no, we love the interface. And so how can we still have the interface even though we don't want the app? Mm-hmm. And so now I've gone mobile first, web app is the angle. Brilliant. You still get the user experience Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. about time our, uh, our <laughs> web browsers get rid of the, the URL, particularly on our phones. It's just so annoying seeing the URL yeah. of a web app when yes. everything feels, it does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're probably not big enough to push for that. But, uh, <laughs> or for people to say build an app. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, yeah, the, the web app does make sense for business. I think. What was? Do we other questions, Rihanna? Um, well, you just had one about the learning hub, um, and I listened to one of your talks on YouTube some time ago. Yeah. Probably an oldish talk, uh, and you spoke about meeting with students many years on i understand you were a lecturer for five six years yeah so the fact that they don't remember anything yes (laughs) yes and i went yeah that sounds just like me yeah what do you guys remember from school or uni seriously i think it, it, it finally boils down to this question about you know what is one learning hook that you've either designed for learning yeah or you've experienced as part of a learning program that you thought 
this is fantastic. I'm going to replicate this. Or people yeah. should use more learning hooks like this to engage people in the first yeah. couple of minutes. Can you share one of those? For me, the oh, learning hooks, yeah. I haven't really had one in a program, but the, the learning hooks that have inspired me have actually been something which has happened experientially beforehand. That's how I describe a learning hook at yeah. different times. It yeah. depends what it is, but it's usually an experience. Yeah, well, when I think about my big learning journeys, like I went through, my youngest one was when I played the saxophone. Yeah. And it was actually when I heard in this amazing hall, one of my friends playing the saxophone. Mm. And I got so inspired. Unfortunately, that inspiration didn't last long enough to be getting good besides being playing a dying duck. And then <laughs> with my kids parenting, like hitting against the wall of my own personal limitations and having a reality check from them got me on a whole investigation about how to be a more effective parent. And then even my journey into design thinking happened through an experience where I created a failed project, mm. which was a 70-20-10 project, which just didn't land because it wasn't realistic on the ground. And what the stakeholders told us that the managers were going to do just didn't happen. And that was one of many challenges. Mm. And so that experience made me think, well, how can I stop that from happening again? So usually right. it's an experience which has inspired me or kicked me up my ass to think there's a blind spot here, Aaron. Mm. And that's what's that mm. experience has actually then led to my learning process, which I've then combine formal and informal people and so on to go on that oh. journey. Oh, that's brilliant. Mm. That is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I can't wait to see the uh, the Enterprise app. Do you have a sort of rollout date? Yeah, April. April yeah. start and it'll be ready before that, but I'm just testing and everything. Oh, so, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, so you're well on the way then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By putting it out there, you kind of own it. Like you say, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, the Dent program, I had to share quickly. Yeah. I was meant to write a book and I didn't. Because I was too gutless to oh, don't say on that. So last century, doing that, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Well, I've, in a way, I started doing podcasts. Yeah, as right. Another as means of thing. publishing. Yeah, I guess you build up content over time. Mm. But yeah, the uh, the book. They were giving me the advice of saying, put on your email. My book's coming. You know, like and, and a day because yeah. that's sort of what you did. Yeah, it was like drove you to do it. You're throwing your hat yeah, over the absolutely. fence, like to say, yeah. I'm going to get there somehow. <laughs> we admire it. I guess to wrap up, I think our, our predictions, pretty sort of general, but as learning agility, learning experiences and, and mental health are really the top things we see yeah. permeating probably technology and learning design and, yeah. and performance strategies, yeah. you know. So it's really all about that uh, learning agility and performance. Partnering with people to develop complex apps is probably a hot tip. <laughs> Experience is a greatest sort of learning hook for you, Aaron, and I tend to agree with that for myself. It's and, the biggest uh, wake-up call at least anyway. It <laughs> is, yeah. <laughs> It's the Quite stuff you remember. I mean, when you're yeah. saying, what do you remember from high school and primary school? It's, it's more the experiences, right? Yeah. It is. Um, maybe it's your first kiss or your first day <laughs> of high school or other things. Yeah. And, and I thought another one was a great idea for people to create their own myrtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, to just to try someone there you're explaining it to all the time. Yeah, and that's another yeah. persona. Yeah, you know, totally. I know you, you've yeah, done a bit of writing around that. Yeah. I, I love the, uh, you know, we, yeah, using personas yeah, for fine, an audience talk about an eight-year-old, but I had to get, I had to get, I had to know Myrtle, and I had to see her face when I say something with jargon. To, yeah. That's what really drives me. It's like Myrtle just looks at me like, really? <laughs> you get the sideways. Yeah, yeah, and then before she turns away and walks away, and I lose her. But she just goes back to doing what she was doing. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to use a lot of the Myrtle factor now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we already do, you know, when we're storyboarding yeah, yeah, yeah. something, and we go, ah. Oh, that's just, you Doesn't know, resonate. eternal house dog, yeah. but it's Myrtle wouldn't get it. <laughs> but I'm going to remind myself of Myrtle now. Yeah, Myrtle helps me. She's yeah. like the ghost who hangs around you now. <laughs> I know, that's a bit creepy, but yeah. I think it'll help. Yes. Yeah, thanks for sharing that with us, Arun. Very interesting conversation. Oh, thank you. It's been fantastic fun. Fantastic app. And if you want to download it too, we're, we're, I guess you just go to Google, Google Play, Play or, or it's yeah, Learn it's, to Learn. It's Learn with the number two Learn and it's got... Um, or one it? word too. Yeah. Mm. And it's Hack Your Career is the follow-up. 
All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks again. Thanks for coming in, mate. Thank you very much.